It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, the music is back. Oh, Recorded live. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Prophetico. It's uh, good to be with you tonight. I hope that the Lord has been with you uh, today. And I hope he's with you the rest of the week as well. Uh, tonight we're going to be talking about uh, some information uh, that's, that's uh, probably going to blow you away, and you cannot get it, I assure you. I absolutely guarantee you there's no other way for you to get the information besides out of my mouth. Nobody else living has it. Um, so we're going to talk about Pi and how this is an integer set that the Lord our God uses to encode things to the bride isochronally. Um, he does this just quite wonderfully. There's so many ways uh, so there's so far you can see beyond the horizon uh, to prepare yourself for the 1,290 days, uh, which you are going to go through. Uh, you are going to uh, be a part of exactly what Christ warned you you was going to be a part of in Matthew 24. And he's encoded all over the scripture using the sequence that you know as pi. Uh, to do that, the a calculation for figuring the diameter of a circle. It's all over God's word. You just have to know how to see it. That's all. But uh, we might not talk about that stuff at all. Uh, we might uh, have other questions. I know that uh, uh, John Mark Gomez, um, he had a bunch of questions this past week, but I've been flooded with questions, and everybody needs to do me a favor. When you send me emails from now on, um, if it's a question... Just put in um, the subject, just put a question mark. And if it's a prayer request, just put PR. Or if you're not lazy, just spell it out, prayer request, uh, so I can have some help uh, going through all those. Uh, just real simple. Uh, my daughter came up with it, so yeah, it's a pretty ingenious idea. Uh, because it doesn't matter what keyboard you're using. Uh, you don't have to worry about your language now, so Spanish... German, doesn't matter. Just put in there a question mark, and, and I'll know how and when to get to it. Uh, and if it's a prayer request, uh, I know what to do with that. So uh, if everybody has questions, just go ahead and put them there into the chat, and we'll talk about that first. Um, that's how I've always done things, so it really doesn't doesn't matter to me whenever I've got live with people on the air. Um, you know, they come first, so... Uh, it doesn't matter what, what we talk about. I really don't care. Um, we are going to biblicate. Uh, and in doing so, we will, of course, uh, well, start the biblification process, won't we? So uh, any questions you you got, just uh, throw them in the chat or, uh, or, or pass them along, and somebody will get them to me on air. Uh, because it doesn't matter. You know, this... Uh, 
this stuff we're going to talk about tonight uh, is rather in-depth, and I might be speaking a foreign language uh, to you. I'm going to try to make it just as simple as I can. Uh, but I think we'll start uh, with um, Ezekiel chapter 24. Uh, Ezekiel chapter 24. Uh, you're not going to get it in any cross-references. You're not going to be able to see it uh, when you do a standard search throughout the New Testament. You'll not find this chapter footnoted anywhere. And that probably has most of you stumped you're thinking to yourself, well, what could Matthew possibly have to talk about this? I have information here that is just off the charts. Uh, Just take note. Let's just start here. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, pi is a ratio. It is, of course, 3.14. Let me just do this. The equation for pi utilizing this chapter of the Bible, which it is the 826th chapter of God's Word, pi to that ratio would be 826 over 263. Let's just talk about the 263 and this chapter. That alphanumerical sequence, that equation is in verse 1, it's in verse 2, it's in verse 15, it's in verse 19. Now, 8.26 is in this chapter, in verse 8, 13, 10, and 22. When you're able to see what God's doing, this is going to help you bash this into the code and figure out what time sequence you need to look for. Basically, there's only three time sequences that the Lord your God's ever going to point you to. It's either going to be the first part, the 1,290 days, or the latter part, the 1,260 days. Now, what amazes me is that people don't realize, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that, well, that's an equation as well. Don't you realize that? The pi interization of that number is, of course, 1,290 over 410. That's pi. So when you step back, and just me looking at this uh, in uh, the Greek, I'll just, I'll just talk about this very shortly. There's going to be things that you don't like it whenever you look into uh, verse 23 of this chapter. Because there, that exact equation is embedded in the text. Now, uh, when you bring up uh, any Septuagint uh, that is keyed the Strong's, I need to tell you something right now. It's going to upset you. Because they tell you uh, that these two integers uh, is G4228 and G4771. The second one, that is correct. However... You can plainly look at that first word and realize that in no way, shape, or form is that foot. It's completely different than that. That's because what it actually is is, of course, 
pusis. Here it's pronounced pusan. It's the act of drinking. And when you realize that, uh, a lot of people send me email like, well, I checked the strongs and then I did what you said. I looked at the letters and, well, they're not right. Of course they're not right. I just told you what it is. And, of course, lots of people get upset because they realize that that the strongs had to have been purposefully miskeyed. Uh, there's no way, rhyme or reason as to why they would do this. So, uh, when you look at that, just realize that that is, those two words there put together, is 1,290 and 410. That is pi. That is the pi ratio. That is three point. One four. <laughs> so, I want you to realize that God has used this. Well, also, of course, I could talk about the golden ratio aspect of this as well, but we're not going to. I don't have that much time to cover uh, that much. But I'm just going to give that to you as a primer. Now you can understand that literally this chapter is absolutely detrimentally important that you know and understand these things are going to come in the 1,290 days. You have to be able to see it, see that far, look that far. God's expecting you to be able to see these things. So I will read uh, verse 23 first. Now, here you're going to hear your feet but remember, that's, that's not the way this is exactly spelled. This is pusasam. It's, it's not what they say that it is. So, verse 23 out of the Thompson translation of the Septuagint. Your locks of your hair shall be on your head and the sandals on your feet. You shall neither utter lamentations nor shed tears, but shall pine away for your iniquities, and exhort one another. Um, Pretty interesting phrases they give there. Pine away and, of course, exhort one another. So with that in mind, uh, you see the ramifications of you reading this. I'm quite sure uh, that a lot of you probably never even heard Ezekiel chapter 24 mentioned in Bible prophecy. But I think I've made myself perfectly clear already that God has made sure that you could see that this chapter is going to come full circle, and that circle will be completed in the 1,290 days. So we're going to take a look at it. We're going to read it uh, in the Hebrew. Uh, I don't know. Let me ask uh, the guys. Did either one of you uh, want to read this? Uh, Doesn't matter what translation you use. Uh, John Mark Gomez read last time. I think Paul read last time too, so it really doesn't matter to me. Did did either one of you two wanted to uh, read this? No? I would, but I can't right now. I have uh, other things I'm doing. But I could. Okay. Uh, what would you like read? I will read it. 
Ezekiel chapter 24. I should probably get my glasses. Well, while he's going to get his glasses, Ezekiel 24 and which verse? Yep, the whole chapter. Okay. Ezekiel 24, and this is a King James Version. Again, in the ninth year, in the tenth month, on the tenth day of the month, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, write down the name of the day, this very day, the king of Babylon started his siege against Jerusalem on this very day. And utter a parable to the rebellious house, and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Put on a pot, set it on, and also pour water into it. Gather pieces of meat in it, every good piece, the thigh and the shoulder, fill it with the choice cuts. Take the choice of the flock, also pile fuel bones under it, and boil it well, and let the cuts simmer in it. Verse 6, thus says the Lord God, woe to the bloody city, to the pot whose scum is in it, and whose scum is not gone from it. Bring it out piece by piece, on which no lot has fallen. For her blood is in her midst. She set it on top of a rock. She did not pour it on the ground to cover it with dust, that it may raise up fury and take vengeance. I have set her blood on top of a rock, that it may not be covered. Verse 9. Thus says the Lord God, Woe to the bloody city! I too will make the great the pyre great. Heap on the wood, kindle the fire, cook the meat well, mix in the spices, let the cuts be burned up, and set the pot empty on the coals, that it may become hot and its bronze may burn, that its filthiness may be melted in it, that its scum may be consumed. She has grown weary with lies, and her great scum has not gone from her. Let her scum be in the fire. In your filthiness is lewdness, because I have cleansed you, and you were not cleansed. You will not be cleansed of your filthiness anymore, till I have caused my fury to rest upon you. I, the Lord, have spoken. It shall come to pass, and I will do it. I will not hold back, nor will I spare nor will I relent. According to your ways and according to your deeds, they will judge you, says the Lord God. Verse 15. Also the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, behold, I take away from you the desire of your eyes with one stroke, yet you shall neither weep nor mourn, nor shall your tears run down. Sigh in silence. Make no mourning for the dead. Bind your turban on your head and put your sandals on your feet. Do not cover your lips and do not eat man's bread of sorrow. So I spoke to the people in the morning and at 
evening my wife died, and the next morning I did as I was commanded. And the people said to me, Will you not tell us what these things signify to us, that you behave so? And then I answered them. The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Speak to the house of Israel. Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will profane my sanctuary, your, your arrogant foes, the desire of your eyes, the delight of your souls, and your sons and daughters, whom you left behind, shall fall by the sword. And you shall do as I have done. You shall not cover your lips, nor eat the man's bread of sorrow. Your turbans shall be on your heads, and your sandals on your feet. You shall neither mourn nor weep, but you shall pine away in your iniquities and mourn with one another. Verse 24. Thus, Ezekiel is assigned to you according to all that he has done, you shall do. And when this comes, you shall know that I am the Lord God. And you, son of man, will it not be in the day when I take from them their stronghold, their joy, their glory, the desires of their eyes, and that which they have set their minds, their sons and their daughters, that on that day, one who escapes will come to you to let you hear it with your ears. On that day, your mouth will be open to him who has escaped. You shall speak and no longer be mute. Thus you will know it is assigned to them, and they shall know that I am the Lord. Good stuff. I love the King James Bible. Uh, it, it, I like how it reads. Just take note that that probably stood out, and I, and I appreciate that Paul just will randomly say in verse 24. What's well, right there? Ladies and gentlemen, and lots of things are said that, well, makes you not want to appreciate what the Lord your God is saying. Let me point out to you uh, verse 14. Right here is the alphanumerical sequence 1290 over 410. That is pi. Um, you know, it's pretty easy uh, just to take a calculator and do that. But if you just take uh, 1290 and divide that by 410, you, of course, get 3.14. That is pi. And these things are coming. And he just encoded to you when he's going to do it. Like I said, he does the same exact thing in verse 23. Uh, right there in the Septuagint, in the Greek, he does this well, that is 1,290, and then right smack beside it is, of course, 410, giving you the equation right out in the open. And God does that with this chapter. Now, that's certainly not the only place where pi has been interjected uh, into the Scripture. It's all over the place. It's just that it always winds up in chapters like this when... If I'm in Sunday school, I will say, now, who knows all about Ezekiel chapter 24 and what, where that's going to happen in Revelation? 
they'll all scramble, and I'll give them a few minutes, and they'll flip through their Bibles, flip through their Bibles, flip through their Bibles. The smart ones, of course, will be looking at their cross-references. Of course, they'll be looking for the book of Revelation to be somewhere in those cross-references because, well, they've known me long enough to know that they better be on their toes. But ladies and gentlemen, I just gave to you advanced biblical mechanical information so that you can see exactly what and who God is talking about. You know, these dire things mentioned, of course, in Matthew 24. The whole reason that Operation Eagle's Wings does not take place until after this event. Doesn't take place until after Ezekiel chapter 24. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I decided to do this because somebody sent me a video. And uh, the gentleman said this. He said, there is nothing you can do to lose your salvation because there was nothing that you could do to gain your salvation. He literally went on to say that um, you are not supposed to change once you, get, once you get saved. So I guess he meant that if you've been a part of ISIS and you've been beheading your enemies, just continue right on and keep doing that. Literally, if you're in the middle of an affair on your spouse, when you get saved, go right ahead. Keep going. It's this exact thing, this great deception, which everybody's heard me talk about not too long ago. The great deception is right in the Scripture. Christ himself tells you that he separates the sheep from the goats – now take note, they're still in his flock. And the goats are shell-shocked. They have no idea. They have absolutely no idea that they have been deceived. But that's exactly what Christ our King told us. So now when you take another look at Ezekiel chapter 24 you begin to realize what he's really talking about. You begin to realize why it is that the Lord your God says that, well, you're going to be uh, refined in the fire, it says in places. It makes many references to, uh, of course, the uh, bride making her garments clean. Now, take note, that's one of the keys in the book of Revelation. You understand that the group that takes part in the seals, those that are gathered at the altar in heaven, the martyrs, they were given their white garments. But of the woman, this is said, that she had to make her own garments white. That's exactly what it says. This is an overt 
reference here, of course, to the fat and everything else being trimmed away. That's the whole purpose of this being Ezekiel's wife. The whole thing he said here, he was putting it to you a different way rather than using the smelting of metal. Here he was very quite graphic. So uh, you need to understand that that's why Jerusalem in the book of Revelation is also called figuratively Sodom and Egypt. You're supposed to know that's the late great planet Earth. You're in bondage right now. So, I hope that this brings things out a little bit to you. Uh, some of the things that he spoke here was really quite drastic. You know, there's, there's keys that can be picked up here all over the place. Um, when you study this entire uh, chapter, both in the Hebrew and the Greek, it just literally uh, becomes quite amazing. Uh, take, for instance, uh, the word here uh, in verse 16 uh, for desires. Well, that's certainly uh, other places in the Scripture. When you look at that uh, Greek word, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that, that Greek word is used in places that you probably need to know. It's actually pretty important. It deadpans you. See, it's not the regular a word uh, there used for want. It is in the book of Revelation. Case in point, chapter 9, verse 6. And in those days men will seek death and shall not find it. They will earnestly desire to die, and death will flee from them. Of course, Revelation chapter 18, verse 14. Even the autumnal fruits, thy desires are gone from thee. And all these delicious and all those splendid things are gone from thee, and thou shalt find them no more. Once again, another direct reference, of course, to what? Everybody should know that right off the top of their heads. Babylon. And of course, that's what this whole chapter, as directed at its event horizon, was talking about. When Jerusalem was to be attacked by Babylon. These things are going to come full circle. Full circle. I mean, just with what God does here with the chapter number is just really quite beautiful. And, and it just amazes me that Oh, some people will send me correspondence. Yes, I'm a I'm a Bible teacher, or 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 I've been a pastor for 27 years. Oh, really? Is that right? 
Well, then, how is it that you don't know basic math? I mean, everybody knows 3.14. I mean, if you can't get the chapter numbers, you can on my website. And you can do this all over the place. But that chapter's 826. The second part of that equation, the next integer, is 263. It's literally all over the place. Here, I'll say it one more time just in case you didn't get a chance to write it down. 263 is in verse 1, 2, 15, and 19. 826 is in 8, 13, 10, and 22. It's literally pious all over this chapter. It's all over it. That's the Hebrew. In the Greek, like I said, it's in verse 23. Figure the odds of the pi equation in its integer usage as far as time goes. 1,290 over 410 being all over this chapter. How is it that you could be a pastor for 27 years and not know that was the whole rhyme and the reason as to why those numbers were given by of course Gabriel. I mean it's absolutely amazing to me when people have asked me advanced information. Well, where's this at? Where's that at? How is it you're a mathematician? I mean, that was your secondary in college. Your primary was of course, theology. And you obviously don't have a clue. I mean, the only thing you're doing is quoting the standard absolutely incorrect timeline for what is to come. I have no clue what it's about. That bothers me that the bride has been so absolutely disillusioned. I mean, that should be evident from the very opening chapters of the book of Revelation. You know, the church being put to task and told, you need to go back to your first love. need to go back to that event horizon. Because by now, after all these years, decades, you should be able to illicitly tell me what is to come. You should be able to describe for me why the choice things that's mentioned here is not what you want to hear. You don't even think about those things. Did anybody catch that? what the choice things are? I mean, 
ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> you'll take note. It's mentioned there about the children. If you're a pastor or a teacher and you have no idea what he's talking about, I can't help you. I absolutely cannot help you. Anything that comes out of my mouth will just completely confuse you. But now we must be getting on down the road a little bit because here over the past week I absolutely, by mistake, stumbled across a site where somebody had obviously absolutely copied my website and then put it under password protection, all except one page that I just happened to be in my search. They had obviously forgotten to put that under password protection, and this is not even remotely a Christian. This is an author for the Huffington Post. I'm sure that individual has lied in their emails and sent me emails saying they were a pastor or a teacher requesting help, of which I am more than happy to do. But here on the Prophetico, my family's here so I can speak plainly to them. I don't know why John Mark Gomez uh, brought up the other day about Pi, but it was interesting when he did. Yeah, Paul, go ahead. I think the real problem is that most preachers today have not really studied Greek or Hebrew other than very cursorily, and they really have no idea what it says. They're just going on what the the professor claimed that it said. That's right. And that's, you know, that's sad. I don't know that it makes them a bad shepherd. It makes them an ignorant shepherd. I guess that's the best case, ignorant shepherd. Yes, I agree. I agree, and I think we talked about this the other day, too, that it, it doesn't particularly mean that they're bad. It's just after 27 years... It means you're absolutely, phenomenally lazy. I'd say that. I mean, after after 27 years, if you've been teaching out of a Greek New Testament and you've never even bothered to buy a copy of that text to make sure what your Strong's is telling you is, is correct, I, I, would, I would have to say that laziness does have to enter into that explanation somewhere, doesn't it, Paul? Well, and I would say, you know, if if you're a full-time preacher, um, that means, you know, yes, you do have other duties, but that means that you should be spending at least 40 hours a week in the Word. What are you doing right. with that time? That's right. Well, you would subtract, like, uh, funerals, and you'd subtract, like... Uh, you know, if you have a week of vacation Bible school. But yes, technically speaking, if you're getting paid a salary, uh, ladies and gentlemen, you're you're a pastor, Paul is exactly right. 
And that's just common knowledge. That's why he said it. By default, unless you're like spend an hour or two uh, at the nursing home, you can subtract that from Bible study, but basically yep. your congregation is paying you to be in that Bible 40 hours a week, and you obviously are not. And I don't know why you come to me and act like you're in innocence, because you're not, not after 27 years. That don't cut it for me. Now That ain't your first love that way. Exactly right. It's obviously not your first love. Obviously. I mean, after 27 years, John, there, there's no reason to try to lie to me and say that it is, because it obviously is not. And I mean, you know, John, how long have you been a Christian? <laughs> um, a renewed Christian that I've actually started reading my Bible and stuff since 2012, huh? so that's only about three years. Well, guess what? I guarantee you that you know more than this pastor does. That I wouldn't be surprised. That's actually a bummer. That that that's completely unexcusable. Mm-hmm. That that's right. completely unexcusable. It's it's just disheartening to me when I get passed around to the four corners. I mean, I literally get passed around like the four winds. I mean, when I get, you know, an email <laughs> in French, ladies and gentlemen, uh, they're at the end of their ropes. They're they're desperate. They know something's not right, and I'm talking about things they can't even comprehend. And I'm speaking to them uh, with my family, you know. The oldest sibling that I have here on the Prophetico, uh, maximum would be what? Uh, six years old. We're talking about things they can't even comprehend. They, they, they don't even understand what I'm talking about. They don't understand, well, how do they know what, what, what is going on here? <laughs> well, after 27 years of you need a hint. You ain't got a clue. And I'm not there's a, there's a hunger that comes with that, Matthew, for sure. Because uh, I remember when I first heard you, I heard the fir- first few things you were talking about. It did make sense, but a lot of it didn't was because I hadn't read the whole Bible. But I wanted to know more. I wanted to know more because... Something inside me was telling me what you know and what you were saying was the truth. And every time I looked in the Bible, it's all there. And that's what blew my mind more and wanted me to keep getting, you know, these shows and listening to them and then get in contact with you. It's just I want to know more about the Bible. And that's that's what it is. They need that hunger, and sometimes it's just not there. Let me ask you, John, why did you ask me about Pi the other day? How did Pi get into uh, the Ecclesia anyway? Is that just a random question, or? Hmm, Pi. Uh, the reason I brought up Pi was because I was watching some video where they were explaining how Pi, I believe, uh, that number, it repeats itself in nature. And uh, what, are, what were they talking about? They were saying how it's, it's pretty much everywhere in nature, and it's almost like God's math. Um, yeah, I was it is. like, wow. So I was kind of wondering, I was like, well, 
if this is how God, you know, structures everything, not everything, but, you know, stuff in creation, where is it in the Bible? I'm sure it's there. I just, I don't know where, just because I don't know the, you know, the alphanumerics all that well, but I know it's there. Well, I mean, I could say this with authority. You realize that the list that I just presented to the whole world, I could declare unequivocally that at least Ezekiel chapter 24 is based off of pi. Do you realize how many times that equation is here? <laughs> Do you realize it's here multiple times using the 1,290-day sequence as its primary integer? I mean, John, this is just Ezekiel chapter 24. I mean... I could overwhelm your mind. You could literally give me a chapter, and I can... Oh, my goodness. If I'm not mistaken, isn't uh, 12... I think it's 1260 or 1290. It's a part of a circle, isn't it? Um, Well, I think it's like three times or four times the multiplication if you add... uh, Yeah, it's in there. It's it's crazy how... And it's in, um, you know, uh, music, and it blows my mind how all that stuff is in the Bible. I'm like, wow, like, what... It, that's what makes me wonder, like, what are what is God really trying to tell me? So that's why I hunger, and you're the only one who speaks about the 1260 and the 1290. No one else has ever even mentioned it, ever. Well, it, it amazes me how people, you know, they'll, they'll email me, John. You'll be a pastor, and they'll email me and say, well, I got out a calculator, and three and a half years is not 1,290 days, and it's not 1,200 and." 60 days either. Why did he use these random numbers? It must be a mistake in the Hebrew. Really. If it's a mistake in the Hebrew, take your Bible and throw it away. Go be a Buddhist or something. The only way you are a Christian is from that Bible. You don't know about him any other way. That's the only way you do know of him is because the Bible. (laughs) And yes, today, it is still, after all this time, the world's best-selling book. And I mean grossly so. It like sells over a thousand times more per year than any other book. And it just amazes me that um, I will get questions from... <laughs> well, I got... The one in particular I'm I'm referring to this week is from a theology professor. He's from a he, he is a professor at a Christian university. And he actually presumed to debate with the likes of me. And I was like, "Oh my gosh, you have no idea what you're talking about. What manuscript are you quoting from?" He of course said, "Well, I've got my KJV here, keep the Strongs. I said, but that's not even remotely what it says. Of course, ladies and gentlemen, I, <laughs> look, do yourself a favor. When I tell you that Isaiah chapter 24, verse 19, when I tell you the word 
has six or, or seven letters in it. I don't care what your strong says. I don't care. I'm literally telling you exactly what the Masoretic text says because what the Masoretic text says is not the words they use in the Strong's. That is literally – look, the Strong's is used only in as much as a teacher utilizes certain uh, educational uh, visual aids to teach a kindergartner the ABCs, and I'm telling you the truth. Do not presume to correct me unless you send me exactly what the Hebrew or the Greek text says. And just heads up, I know I don't mention it every single broadcast, but I've done a little bit more than read it. I've wrote it, okay? Now, the next thing I need to tell you all is to please fear God. Don't call me a liar. For one, you're not worth going to hell over. Just forget it. You're not. I don't think like you. At all. I'm not going to lie to you because you are quite simply just not worth going to hell over. My wife isn't. Why on earth would I lie to you? Okay? So you need to fear God a little bit, and do not come out and call me a liar. I will prove you wrong. All I'm asking you to do, and I thought I made myself perfectly clear when I said it, i almost sure I said get the Masoretic text, the actual Masoretic text and look at it. That's not – the Strong's is not a copy of the original word used. It's not. If it was, don't you realize that the Strong's, just the Hebrew, would be the size of the Encyclopedia Britannica, the full 28-volume set? And when you look at that word and you get frustrated and realize that, no, Matthew wasn't lying, I am correct, then you send me an apology letter. You actually think I'm going to tell you what it says? Why in God's name would I even remotely care to help you, you just called me a liar. I don't care if you've been a professor at a Christian university for 27 years or not. By definition, you are not a Christian. You are a crusader. Only a crusader would do that, not a Christian. I mean, I don't even know you. And you call me a liar. That's funny. That is actually quite comical. I don't have time for you. Let that ring in your ears. I don't have time for you. Yes, I've got time for John Mark Gomez. Is he anybody? No, he's not a professor. He's not a Sunday school teacher. He's not a pastor. I'll tell you what he is. He is faithful. I don't know what you are. Okay. And he wants to know. Yep. And he wants to know. I mean, yes, 
Uh, As a matter of fact, once a week I'm supposed to call John Sartwell. A lot of times I can't because I'm busy. But yes, I will talk to him for free. Guess what? I don't don't send me your phone number. I'm not calling you. I mean, have good sense enough to know you shouldn't have called me a liar when you had absolute you didn't even know what zip code No, I take that back. You were not only not in my book, you were not on my shelf, not in my aisle, not even remotely close to the library I was in. So you should have never called me a liar. Not ever. Because now, look, you need to understand that I know why you asked me that question. I know what you were looking for. And if you had not have called me a liar, I would have told you everything that you wanted to know about the book of Jeremiah. But now you're not going to know none of it. I'm not even. <laughs> I'm not only going to not respond. The only thing I'm going to do is forgive you. You're forgiven, but I don't have time for you. I mean, I've got 99 right here. And I'm busy looking for that one that's lost. I don't have time to waste on somebody who proclaims to be a shepherd even as I am. I don't have – I mean, look, i got my own flock to look after. You go look after yours. I mean, they are paying you tuition. I mean, I would – so your conscience does not bother you because they're paying you tuition and you don't have a flying, ripping clue what you're talking about? That means you're by default, you are deceiving them. You have been deceiving them for 27 years, and yet you do not fear God? I can't. I can't help you. And there's no reason for you to ask me anything else. Don't, don't send me any more correspondence, and no, you can't have my phone number. And if you get my phone number, when you call me, I'll charge you 100 bucks an hour. It's going to be real quick, though, because the call is going to be less than 60 seconds, because I'm going to hang up on you. I've got people that love the Lord, their God, and fear his holy name. Like John Sartwell. I've got people like John Mark Gomez. He has my phone number. He can call me whenever he wants to. He just knows that usually I'm very busy, and unless it's something that he needs right now, he doesn't presume to just bug me. But when he needs or wants something, he knows he can call me. Absolutely for free. No, no tuition required. But look, 
Matthew 24 is real, and so is Ezekiel 24. And by the way, he's telling you the exact same thing, whether you could figure that out for yourself or not. That's beside the point. God didn't waste his breath that day when he was speaking with Ezekiel. He wasn't wasting his breath. Matter of fact, it never ends. It just goes up into the stratosphere where the trade winds are and just goes round and round and round we go. It's extremely important that you figure these things out. And I don't know why you would think God was lying whenever he said uh, that um, you know you were going to be put through the furnace to be refined. That means smelt. That's what it means. He's going to smelt you and slag you. You know what slagging means when it comes to a furnace and refining metal. He's going to slag you. That's, that's what he meant. Under no sense or circumstance could that be construed as a joyous event. Under no circumstance that I would know of. You know, let's talk about verse 14 again. I, the Lord, have spoken it. Psalms 33, 9. For he spoke and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. Isaiah 55, 11. I mean, I surely hope that you remember this one. So will my word which goes forth from my mouth, it will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. You don't remember that? You know, when he says, I will not relent, can you see it, what you're looking at? I mean, that does crop up in other chapters and verses. Jeremiah 13, uh, 14? Yeah, 14. I will dash them against each other, both fathers and sons, together, declares the Lord. I will not show pity, nor be sorry, nor have compassion, so as to not destroy them. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I've been a little harsh today. Maybe. Maybe I should relent. Maybe I should accept his apology. Of course, I do accept his uh, apology. But let me ask Paul. So you think I ought to give him what he wants, Paul? I mean, you do realize that what he does with all of his spare time is write books. See, he publishes on the side while he just sits in his office at the university. I do not think you've been harsh. 
I Good. don't think you are ever harsh. I think um, you're always honest, and sometimes that hurts. And and when it hurts, then you need to look at why that hurts and. and possibly correct your error or correct your mindset, your mind frame. But I... Sometimes people think you're harsh and I never look at it that way. I always look at that as though... um, you're trying to correct error. Should we be harsh or should it seem harsh when we correct error? Um, I think we should be. Well, good. Sometimes I do get a little bit carried away. Um, You'd be surprised how much correspondence, how much hate mail I got over... uh, that last video that the Brian and I did, uh, Rise of the Crusaders, oh my goodness. Uh, I've never been cussed out so much in my life by uh, Crusaders. Then over that one, oh my goodness, that had them boiling at the seams. They were furious about that. Um, and most particularly, for some reason, uh, people on the West Coast just had... I think I made everybody in California mad. I, I think all of them. I don't think I left anybody out. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised, Matthew. A lot of people here are pretty arrogant. Well, I'm pretty sure it's everywhere, but, man, here is pretty crazy. I don't know. For some reason, I just got, I don't know, past 10 or 15, I stopped counting. <laughs> I had California mad, but oh well. But, ladies and gentlemen, you know, it's it's important that you realize that the Bible is God's Word. And, yes, you're only going to hear me say that exclusively, just me. Nobody else alive that I know of says that both the Hebrew and the Greek is true. I mean, I dare you to look it up. If you can find somebody else saying that, then please email me and let me know. Because you're not going to meet anybody that knows them both. You're not. Either they studied the Hebrew or they studied the Greek. Never both. Never both. Most people's mind don't have the capacity to do that. I mean, hope everybody realizes that in the background I've been working, but now I'm scared to publish anything in writing, because it's obviously going to be stolen. I mean, this guy literally copied my whole site, I guess. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to do what I plan to do. it. I, I don't know if I will or not. Like I said, I probably shouldn't, because they're just going to steal it from me and write a book. But, uh, the... But like I, like I said... If you are correcting error or you are educating, that isn't harsh. 
take it for what it is. You're either being corrected or educated. And it is what it is. Well, I was going to start a series here, Paul, on the omitted text, because, ladies and gentlemen, there's a lot of verses that are exclusively in the Hebrew, and there's a lot of voice, a lot of verses that's exclusively just in the Greek. There's a reason why God's done that. They're not left out, and they're not added. They are nothing more <laughs> than non-variable bites. Does anybody even know what I'm talking about? A byte, ladies and gentlemen, is a part in a computer program that is exactly eight characters long. A non-variable byte means it's all ones or it's all zeros. That's all it is. It's a non-variable byte. That's what it is. I'm, I'm, I'm not lying to you. A byte is basically eight bits. Okay? A non-variable byte just has all ones or all, or all zeros. And if you couldn't see that, that's because you were too busy trying to pick which one you wanted to go with, the Hebrew or the Greek. You could never come to the conclusion, well, they both must be true. I mean, you never got that far. So, and Matthew, for those that uh, that don't know about when you're trying to correct them, and if they think you're sounding mean, I got some verses in the Proverbs that they should probably read or listen to, whatever's best. It says, uh, Proverbs 17:10, a rebuke goes deeper into one who has understanding than a hundred blows into a fool. Let's see. Uh, what else? Proverbs 27.5. Better is open rebuke than love that is concealed. Um, do you want Matthew to not tell you what's wrong or you know what you're mistaken on because you're just going to sound like everybody else? You're just going to be spewing what's not even in the Bible. That's what scares me a lot about what I hear from, from just from people saying, oh, well, this guy is the Antichrist or that guy. I'm like, it frustrates me to the point... <sighs> I want to pull my hair out, but it's it's crazy because people just don't read their Bibles and they don't take it seriously enough to just check it themselves and actually realize God loves you and He wants you to show He wants you to see what the truth is, not to listen to teachers and pastors and this and that. If uh, they're just spitting out everything else, you're just looking for another. Uh, you're, you're getting your ears tickled. Is what it is. So just uh, just take a correction. You know, if if it's not towards you, then it's not towards you. But uh, if you feel like it's towards you, check yourself, check the word, and you'll know. It's really all it is. Amen. Amen. That's all it is. I am not desirous for anybody to be lost. I'm really not. And you've spent so much time in these fantasies. I mean, John's right. I mean, I mean, how much, how much time have some of you people spent writing up blogs and stuff on how 
the last pope we had was the Antichrist. I mean, let's not even talk about this current one. What about the last one and the one before that? Do you not realize that I could have showed you the wonders of his word in the amount of time you've been writing about the last three popes over the last 30 years? And don't you realize by now you are obviously and overtly Incorrect? I mean, borderline me being able to come out and publicly declare you to be a false shepherd. I mean, I'm sure I could ask Johnny. He's he's pretty quick when it comes to programming and all that kind of junk. I'm pretty sure I could ask Johnny over at the Iron Show, give him your name and pull up everything you wrote about the last pope that never happened. You were actually, well, I won't say prophesying falsely, but everything that you put forth is absolutely and entirely incorrect. That last Don't forget the president's mouth here. Oh my goodness, yeah. Listen, <laughs> maybe we should just talk about which, which one, Clinton or Bush. Uh, either no, Bush. I, I, we got these new ones coming up. It could be one of them now. I mean... Oh my god. Could be uh, Trump or something, right? Or uh or Bernie Sanders, I heard. I heard Bernie Sanders is Jewish. It might be the it might be him. Oh my goodness. I'm you, you, look, I will state this as a matter of fact. I guarantee all of you right now that the Antichrist is not coming from Texas and his last name is not Bush. I say that with authority. I mean, everybody's probably laughing right now, but you realize how many of these shepherds said that? They said that about the first bush. How many of you could I nail to the wall? I mean, Johnny could probably tag your name to a post you made that Operation a Desert Storm was the beginning of World War Three. Uh-oh. So I'm sure Johnny could get her done. Uh-oh. Like you said, Matthew, a lot of them don't do their history work. I've been looking into a lot of, uh, you know, history of the early church fathers. My gosh, you, you're not surprised. You aren't personally about how much of the doctrines and ideas these people are getting right now are from those early church fathers that got them from different sources that, or they just made them up. It's It's not from the Hebrew... Or the Greek. It's I don't know where it's coming from. They just a lot of it with the Pope stuff, it was because they were being persecuted by you know, the Roman Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. But they're not correct. I'm I'm sorry. You don't have to like it. It's it, it's centered around the people of Israel over there out there in the Middle East, not America, not Rome. Sorry. You don't have to like it, but that's how it is. You're looking in the wrong direction. So cut it out, quit blinding yourself. And what's absolutely phenomenal about that is a lot of times they'll use Nostradamus having no clue what their history is. Ladies and gentlemen, Nostradamus was writing about John Calvin in Geneva because he was watching him you know, whip children almost to death publicly in the public squares. You know, the Inquisition, yeah, 
Nostradamus was making his Antichrist references to John Calvin. Yeah, look it up. I'm not lying to you. So, uh, all these shepherds that run around and quote Nostradamus, he, he's not talking against the Catholic Church. He was talking against the Protestants that were knee-deep in persecuting people. I mean, the town, uh, you know, Geneva itself had to stop John Calvin from, ki uh, from killing children. He was going to whip them to death for being disobedient. Look it up. I'm, I'm not lying to you. So just, just stuff like that. I mean, but I'm sure everybody's pretty well got the clue by now that, op that Operation Desert Storm was not World War III. It didn't even last 24 hours. I mean, the United States mechanized forces just rolled right over Iraq rolled right over them. They offered no resistance to our fantastic, highly mechanized attack. They, they really didn't have a prayer. So, I mean, Operation uh, Desert. Honestly, yeah, go ahead, if Paul. your shepherd is quoting Nostradamus, you probably should be somewhere else. Amen to that. You need to be somewhere else. You, you need know to be you somewhere need to be. else. You need to be in the Bible. You need to be in the Bible. Oh, yes. You need to be. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Or, or in the history books, because that'll help you a lot. Uh, like Matthew says, you're lacking in history. You're lacking the whole context of reality, really. Just look into history. You'll find all the answers, and it'll tie into the Bible. Like, the Bible is central to this world. I don't understand why people don't get that. Uh, well, history tells you the truth about the Bible, if you believe the Bible. History helps you understand, but it still comes back to if you're preaching about somebody or anything other than the Bible, um, you should probably be in a different church. Or maybe you should be in a church. Maybe where you're at is not a church. I mean, that's... <laughs> yeah. I, I've been in more than one, uh, more than I care to talk about. Um, but when the rubber hits the road, the rubber is actually you. I mean, really, where you go on Sunday is only fractionally as important as you yourself being in God's Word, yourself personally. I mean, whether you're listening to it, you know, on the audio Bible or reading it, do something. I mean, you know, heck, if you're into TV, I think you could even get them on YouTube videos, just people reading the Bible. Um, but, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> believe it or not... Uh, that's probably 90% of your Christianity is how much time you spend in God's Word. Because by default, I've already mentioned it. If you are not desirous to know what it is that he has to tell you, he is obviously not your first love. 
obviously. Here's what you do. Reduce the amount of hours that you spend at work because the Lord your God has commanded you to do that. So you have to work. All right? You can remove the Sabbath. So basically we're talking about 104 hours here, aren't we? Are you amazed how quickly I come up with that number? Here, let me explain it to you. It took God 144 hours to create the earth. So by default, you don't really have to, you're not required to do anything on his Sabbath. Except talk about it. That's what he himself says. So take off that day. And then, of course, a 40-hour work week, that leaves you with how many hours between Sabbath to Sabbath. Well, that's uh, 104 hours. Now, you're obviously going to remove another 40, right? Because hopefully you sleep sometime. I'm not going to continue on, but believe me, I know the jot and tittle. I know the average amount of hours that a person spends relieving themselves. I know the average amount of minutes every day the average person spends replenishing themselves. I've made these hard calculations. I mean, most of you spend more time watching Monday Night Football than you do reading God's Word a week. You don't... I mean, don't you realize God's going to ask you about this? I mean, it is obvious that He is not your first love. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how much time uh, Paul spends raising ducks, but I know that's not his job. And I'm not trying to be mean to Paul. I'm trying to get your attention. Yeah, yeah it's not that Matthew's trying to pick on any of you guys, any of us. He's trying to get you to feel convicted about what you're doing. He wants you to realize, man, like, he's right. I, I don't spend enough. I can, you know, I'm wasting my time watching TV or this or that. Like, Matthew loves you enough to get you in check because when God comes to tell you this, he's not going to be so forgiving. If you already knew what you're supposed to be, I know, you feel you're saved, and if you believe in Jesus, you are. But that's not a free pass. You need to know, and you need to let others know what you know about the Word. You can't just, oh, well, I'm saved, I'm good, I don't need to tell anybody. No, you need to tell everybody. You can. And the best way to do that is by learning more about it and by you know, letting your life be consumed by it. At the very least, even a few hours a day, it doesn't matter. Just, just get in there, talk about it. Talk to everybody you know. Just ask them questions. That's all you got to do. You don't have to make it something like, oh, hey, do you know Jesus or nothing like that. Bring it up slowly and then just show them why you believe what you do. You have to. Most people, I bet you anything, a lot of people you ask, ask yourself, can you tell somebody why do you believe in Jesus? Ask, ask, ask yourself that. If you can't do that, then you need to check yourself and you need to see what you're really doing with your life. Amen. For me, it's the social media stuff. I uh, there is no TV here in this house. You know. Well, that's good. You can. There are so many programs you can watch over internet that we haven't had TV here for over five years. Well, but it doesn't I, have to be that. 
John likes so, riding his BMX bike. Which social media kills a lot of time. That's easy to tell. Yeah, that's probably the biggest one for everybody. But yeah, I mean, some people it could be your sports, or you know, like me, I, I ride BMX, or I, I have some video games that I play. But uh, you know, if even even these things that you do integrate God into it, you don't have to just make it seem like, well, I, I feel guilty for doing. Don't you know? Praise God while you do it. You know, do it for Him. Promote the Lord any way you can. It's that's what you should be doing. If if you're worried about, oh, I do this too much, integrate the Lord into it. You know. That way you're not searing your conscience feeling you're, you're doing something wrong. Put the Lord in everything you do and put, put your heart into everything. That's the best thing you could possibly be doing. Act like a Christian wherever you are. No matter, even if I play video games, you know, I hear all my friends cussing and talking about girls and this and that, but do I act the same? No, I'll, I'll, I'll get frustrated with the game, but I'm not going to start cussing because I'm playing something else and while they'll never see me or nothing like that. You need to act like a Christian because you're still going to be accountable for everything you do. Amen. Every single thing. And ladies and gentlemen, everybody's got slack. I would be a fool to even assume that I didn't have any impurities that God was going to have to slag off the top of my metal. The question is, is how much slag are you going to have? Because there comes a point when there's so much slag, you're going to get so much porosity in the steel that you just have to dump it to start over. Porosity is voids in the metal. You know. So I hope you took everything I said tonight to heart. And I hope that you at least take another look at Ezekiel chapter 24 because it's coming. It's coming. Now, I know this goes against most of your grains because it's gotten so far down the road that you have absolutely no clue that God would ever test you. I mean, who knows? Maybe you're, maybe you're a physician. I don't know, maybe you're a, you know, a brain surgeon. You've absolutely had everything you ever wanted. And every time you've ever heard Matthew 24, it's just went right over your head. And I'm sorry if you've paid your pastor all these years all that tithe, a staggering amount of tithe. And you and he has an understanding that he can only say that which does not make you feel uncomfortable. 
Well, that's neither here nor there. I assure you that the crucible of a fiery furnace is quite uncomfortable. Just, just be reminded, people, if you are getting any tax information back from your church for don't for you know giving to the church, be careful because they're uh they're in cahoots with the government. They have to be. They can't say certain things that the Bible says because it's it's not nice or you know it's not uh what is that politically correct. So just be careful. Mm-hmm. Know your Bible and if you don't hear any of these things, they're like, hey, well, why don't they bring up gay stuff or you know the end times? It's it's probably because of that. They're scared of who's above them. Not about they're not scared of God. That's what it is. Just double check where you're, what you listen to, and who you put your trust in. Just, just be careful out there, people. Well, that's. I would say, um, that's dependent on the size of your church. If you're going to one of those mega churches with, I would say, membership of at least two hundred. Yeah, you should probably take a good hard look. You know, the small churches, um, you know, they sort of fly under the radar. And I'm not saying they're perfect either, but, you know, when you've got 40, 50 members, um, you're more of one mind. We'll just put it that way, and and there's a lot more freedom to, you know, for the preacher to preach to the flock. You're not um, trying to balance different, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, different non-biblical interests so that you don't lose membership. At least that's my thought. Amen. I don't know how I could disagree with that. But like I said, do, you know, when you get into those smaller churches, you know, did the pastor really, you know, put a couple years into the Greek and the Hebrew? No. So he's teaching what he was taught, and so he might not be a good shepherd, but it's more likely that he is just an ignorant shepherd. And the best way to flush that kind of stuff out of the, you know, even the shepherds or the people in the the church that you might feel like, hey, you know, they might need to know this. Ask them questions. Get them to think about it. Don't uh, just feel, you know, like Matthew says, don't go crusading. Ask them questions. Get them to to critically think about their Bible. And then they'll form up their own, uh, you know, opinion, hopefully. But, um, you know, just, just have them think about the Bible and have them get into it and the Lord will show them. If if it's his will, he'll show them. Oh, trust me. I'm, uh, I kind of ride the edge on that. <laughs> you know, 
Preacher knows I'm, you know, a little bit different. And, you know, there's nothing that they, you know, that they can say bad about that. But, and I think a lot of times he's not really sure how to handle it when I bring up those uh, uncomfortable questions. But, But they haven't kicked me out yet. <laughs> I haven't kicked you out yet. I don't know. I reckon I felt like it a couple of times. <laughs> uh, no. Yeah, no, it's mostly... What's up? <laughs> you know, it's mostly I ask those uncomfortable questions and... You know, I say those uncomfortable things, and um, you know, I I know it's pushing his limits a little bit, but um, he does the best he can, and I don't, you know, try and hammer him into the ground. That's not the point. Point is just to start people thinking. Yeah. And they will either get there or they won't, and that's not my problem. As Amen. long as that started them thinking. Amen. Well, I suppose I need to wrap this up. I've got some uh, wife duty uh, that uh, I owe. So, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you wrote all those equations down, and I hope you look for them and see if you can uh, find out what I was talking about, because they uh, are certainly there, uh, beyond any shadow of a doubt. So, hey, guys, uh, thanks for coming on, man. I've had a blast. I always do. Same here. Good stuff, Matthew. Good stuff, Paul. good. I've been uh, been processing ducks here while we've been talking, but yeah, you've been biblified. You have been biblified, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Till next time. God bless. Godspeed. Amen. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.